On the block, on demand. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Or welcome aboard. However you're taking in the show today, however that describes you, welcome. My name's Brent. We talk sports. Here on the radio, twitch.tv slash Talk. An amazing way to take in the program as well. The visual experience, the live video feed, the live chat throughout, the always entertaining live chat. And when uh, the radio goes to commercial breaks, we keep these mics on, talk to you during breaks, and you just never know what's going to happen on the, on, on the Internet, which they have on computers now. Only. Oh, yeah. It's like on the block after dark. Let's go. Yeah, man. That's hot. So, we got a few things we're going to cover this hour. The fastest 10 minutes in radio. The NFL Blitz on the way. We'll go on the blind side via the socially distant speaker. Seth Goldberg will join us for that. Syracuse-Pittsburgh, I want to get into more in a moment here. But I hope you get a chance not to do the shameless plug thing, but uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug something. I wrote a, a column it's more of a, a list. It's more of a story. It's not really a, a, a hard-hitting opinion piece, if you will. But it was a passion project over the past couple of weeks. Sunday marks the 40th anniversary of the Carrier Dome. September 20th, 1980 is when it opens its doors. Miami of Ohio. I was two. <laughs> not, not to date myself or, or some of you out there. And there's just certain things that flash to mind if you were lucky enough to be there on opening night. And I've had the chance for another project I've been working on to talk to some people that were there, all ages, when they were there. But there's one thing they kind of all have in common. There's the awe of the building, the anticipation of what it was, people watching it go up over Archbold and what is this thing. But one common thread from everybody that you talked to that was there that night. And it's one of those things like, the actual attendance was 50,564, but 150,000 people kind of claim they were there, right? But it was hot. I remember having uh, several conversations with my dad, who was lucky to be there. He missed Joe Morris's kickoff return because he was in the bathroom. And he said, Brent, I can't even describe to you how hot it was in that building. Just a new experience, jamming everybody into the the building, of course, the old adage, the old joke, name for a carrier, air conditioning company, yet there was no air conditioning. We're going to get that here in in Dome 2.0, finally. But just this whole new era, this dawn of a new era of Syracuse Athletics and Jim Beheim, skeptical it was going to work, football thing, right? Why are we going to play basketball in a cavernous football stadium? Mainly Fieldhouse had been closed just nine months earlier, and little did we know the phenomenon it would become. Timing out perfectly for the start of the Big East and the basketball games and the rivalries that would come. And just think of everything that's happened in that building over the last 40 years. Now, the list that I did today, I kept that to Syracuse Athletics, the five primary tenets of the building, which are, of course, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse. But there are so many lists you could do just based on everything that's been in that building. You know, the odd events that wouldn't normally happen day in and day out, like a Frozen Dome classic 
the New York Mets having a spring practice there, a all the figure skating events they used to have. Like, you name it, they've had it. Monster Jam, right? Just everything that can happen in that facility. The legendary concerts that have taken place in that building. Springsteen, Rolling Stones. When Prince, uh, the estate of Prince recently replayed Prince's concert in the Dome, which was 85, I want to say, Purple Rain Tour. It was an epic show, so epic, like they basically made a video out of it. Billy Joel, of course, has played there seven times. The epic concerts that have been there. How many high school athletes through the years have played a championship in that building of some sort for a a variety of different sports? How many of you that were in marching band, particularly locally, the West Genesee Marching Band, just to shout them out, who's been so amazing. There's a lot of amazing marching bands around here. I don't want to just single out West Genesee, but my niece was in the West Genesee Marching Band, and you know I'm a West Side boy at heart, and just remember year after year after year growing up in the West Genesee School District, you know, kind of, there was like a friendly rivalry between us laxheads and the bandies, as we called them, right? But an amazing marching band and, and all the championships that they won in that building. Just, it is the busiest facility on campus. I remember having a conversation with Pete Sala for the video we put out a couple of weeks ago, kind of taking you into the, the guts of the building, the places people don't normally get to see. And Pete describing to me just how darn busy that place is. God bless that man. I don't know when he and his crew sleeps, but just the day-to-day things that happen in there, the things that don't get the headlines, but all the dinners they do in there, it's just incredible to think about. It's incredible to think it's 40 years old. And it times out well in that anniversary in the sense of, so now we're going into 2.0, and we're unfortunately going into the new roof and the 2.0 and kind of what the dome is is going to be in its future in the COVID era, and we're going to date, it's going to be a unique story to tell. When we're looking back on this, God willing, 40 years from now, what's that going to look like when we say, they put a new roof on the iconic bubble, the most significant image in the skyline of Syracuse, New York, no matter if you're coming up 81. And boy, that's when you know you're home, right? If you went on you know, business travelers, especially right now, it's a Friday afternoon, it's five o'clock. If you're listening to me right now and you're coming up 81 and you've got that view of the city. On a gorgeous day like this, as I like to say, a Chamber of Commerce day, and you see that dome, like, that's when you knew you were home. Like, that warm feeling that comes over you, like, wherever you were, coming up the road, there it was. Or just maybe on your daily commute, if you're coming from the west side, if you're coming from the east side, wherever it is on 690, and eventually you see the dome, you pass the dome, there it is. And we've all watched it kind of undergo this amazing change. In the last couple of years, the roller coaster structure, the cranes, R.I.P. Walt the Crane. Well, I shouldn't say R.I.P. Walt, wherever you are now working on another project, we appreciate your service. When it comes down to the heart of the conversation, everyone in the sound of my voice right now has been in that building for something. And you don't even have to be a big sports fan necessarily to have gone in there, but you've all gone to a Syracuse game at some point. No matter what your level of fandom is, and you think back on the amazing games and experiences that we've 
Every one of us listening to this right now, I'd be amazed if there was somebody in my audience right now that has never been in that facility. There's probably a few, I would imagine, but I'm going to take a confident guess that 98% of you listening to me right now have been in the Carrier Dome in your lifetime unless you're like a day old. And welcome to the world if you are, and you have no idea what I'm saying anyway. So, listen. Doing this project, one of the favorite things I can, I'm laughing because, so I, I made an error in doing this. And the error that I made, which has since been corrected, and I'm glad I caught it, and we just couldn't have this list without it. Something's going to get cut, right? It's 40 games. It's covering five sports. I could do each sport individually. I could have done a basketball list. I could have done a football list. I could have done a lacrosse list. I could have done every sport that's played in there could have had their own top 40 list. That's how deep and rich the history is, particularly basketball. Some of the basketball games I had to leave off the list. I was like, I do not feel good about this. Some of the football games that didn't make the cut. Donovan McNabb's senior game, 1998. Well, why doesn't that make the cut? Well, because 1998 also had the Tennessee game with the worst call in the history of calls in that pass interference that gave Tennessee that game. McNabb to Berminsky later that year. Like You, got to, you can't have three games from the same season on this list, right? I mean, maybe you can. You can make the argument to Toledo. Remember that overtime game that made the list? You know, it didn't. That Friday night win over West Virginia. I'm talking football now. And I went through that list, and I'm like, oh, why am I putting myself through this? But it creates an interesting discussion and interest, and it's just a good retrospective about how we got here, where we are as Syracuse football fans. But there was one mistake that had to be corrected. Okay, and I am willing to admit my faults here and say, oh, boo-boo here. So what was initially not on the list but has since been corrected is, so this is a chronological list. I started September 20th, 1980, made my way up to modern day. And initially what I put it at number three was when Michael Jordan came to the Dome. Kind of a big deal. North Carolina was number one in the country at the time. And on that court, Little did we know just the basketball royalty that was to come between Michael Jordan and Dwayne Pearl Washington. Now, the reason I put that on the list instead of this embarrassing omission was, and uh, this, this is on me, man. This is not a good excuse, but when you're staring at lists and media guides and your brain kind of works a certain way, I worked well into the night last night to finish this. When I see the words Big East Tournament, I immediately, my brain goes, whoop, Madison Square Garden, right? So I looked over, of course, Leo Routens, three overtimes, 1981 Big East Championship. They had the Big East Tournament in the Dome. Only once, that one time, but it was there. So I corrected that mis- mistake, and I tagged Leo Routens on Twitter And let's just say he's been having a little fun at my expense, as he should, right? But see, that's what was amazing about this exercise. Wait, you took Michael Jordan off the list? You're telling me five slamma jamma didn't make the list? Like, you're going to look at this thing, and there's going to be three, four, five games that will probably immediately pop to mind. You're like, how is that not there? And my answer to that is, 
I wish you could have sat with me and done this because we had a you know 40 games for 40 years. It was a nice kind of round thing. Something's going to get left off, but it is a credit to the amazing games. I wish we could have got more lacrosse games on there. I wish we could have got... Now, women's basketball didn't come into the Dome full-time until 2006, I believe, right? And there were some amazing moments, even in that short window that they've been there, you know, relative to the age of the building, pretty short period of time. But they had to be represented. And when women's lacrosse started emerging, as soon as Gary Gate walked in the building, right? Not Lisa Miller, great coach before Gate, but Gate walks in, boom, Nine out of 11 years, they're in the national semifinals and some of the greatest players that we've ever seen grab a lacrosse stick, men or women. You know, Michelle Tumalo and Katie Rowan and those great players, and they made their runs. And, man, it, it, that's what's eating at me today. I hope you read it. I hope you enjoy it. If you miss it digitally, I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the Sunday paper as well. But what's been eating at me today is what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? We corrected Leo Routens beating Villanova because that had to be there. Like, that's one of those, oh, boy, got to get that in there. And I feel good taking Jordan and Pearl off the list as much as that's a really cool footnote. It wasn't that close of a game. I don't think I'd have to look at the box score again to see how Pearl did that night. That's kind of like a cool footnote. The title of the article is the 40 biggest games. And at the end of the day, that doesn't qualify as one of the biggest games ever. It's one of the more interesting things, right? But didn't have that big game, you'll remember it the rest of your life thing. It's just like a footnote, like, oh yeah, Jordan was on the court. Whereas Leo Routens, that team winning the Big East Championship, they ended up in the NIT, by the way. That was not an automatic welcome to the NCAA tournament bid at that time. So just the memories that came flooding back to win this thing. One thing I really enjoy when these kind of stories happen, is I'm so privileged to have access to our photo archive at Syracuse.com. Now, what this used to be, and I'm not making this up, I'm not being facetious here, the smell of those old photos is something that, I don't know, when you're in the media business long enough, and I'm fortunate to do several forms of media, but... You know, the old, you kind of get ink on your hands, the old school way, newspapers. When I've done some archive, I'm old enough that when I've done some archive related projects, literally boxes of photos. And it's just that I can't describe that smell. It's not exactly a pleasant smell, but it does put a smile on your face because it just smells like history. Right. So those days are gone because everything's digitized. But. I go down so many wormholes doing these stories because you see these old photos and you're looking for specific photos and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I've never seen this photo. Look at, uh, there's a photo of Jim Beheim on the bench, the first basketball game at the Dome, Syracuse, Columbia. I saw that photo. I'm like, and it's just what you think, the plaid suit. I'm just like, wow. But those moments and the memories that come flooding back, and I hope when you read the story and see the photos, it's the same thing. Man, I was there when Syracuse beat Nebraska. I can tell you where I sat, what I ate that day. Like, how sports unlocks these things in our mind, right? How it really, particularly in this town, your trips to the Dome tell the story of your life in central New York for so many of us. And that gathering place that it is, and it just pains me that 
we can't do that right now. And hopefully we'll get back to that soon. I don't know when soon is in this wacky COVID world we live, and it just pains me that so many Syracuse football fans next weekend are going to be like, what do we do today? There's a football game. Maybe you go tailgate out of spirit somewhere, but just you're telling me you're not allowed to walk in the building and watch your team? Like, that should be illegal. But that's kind of the world we're in right now. So hopefully the nostalgia looking back on this, my story hopefully will be a small part of that. But that that is something that really struck me. Because anniversaries grab people. Certain dates kind of bring things out of people. And I, I, I've been working on a number of projects like this for about a year and a half. Because I circled that date and I was like, that's big, man. Like, that's something we really got to blow out, let people know is happening. So we did the video. We did the story. There's going to be a few things coming here. But let that cross your mind a little bit Sunday. 40 years of the Dome. And again, next week we'll be doing a lot of nostalgia, certainly looking back, but also looking ahead because and somebody even in our Twitch chat was asking me. I got asked this three times today outside of uh, being on the air or in, in, in a media form. Be like, is the Dome really done? <laughs> People are like, is that thing going to be ready? By all indications, it will be. And uh, shameless plug, once again, Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack is going to join the show next week. He's slated to join us Thursday. That's two days before the Dome opens. So if anybody still has any anxiety about that thing opening up, well, when we talk to the AD next week, who made a $1 million donation, by the way, to athletics, we'll get the skinny then. But from everything I understand, good to go, ready. They'll be playing football next week. And it's anybody that's ever like moved into a new house or has done some sort of premiere, like you're working right up until the last minute, right? You're just worried about all these things. Are we ready? And then it happens and it all goes well. So there we are. Can't believe I forgot that Villanova game. That's a bad job by me. Right, coach? Dumb. Absolutely. Back after this with the NFL Blitz. Don't you miss it. On the Block is presented by the Salvation Army of Syracuse. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Presented by our friends at Pathfinder Bank, proudly serving Central New York with 10 branch locations, specializing in personal home loans with a wide range of terms and programs available, convenient and competitive business products with local decisions and local processes. Pathfinder Bank is the local community bank you can trust. Member FDIC equal housing lender. Let's get to it, kids. It's the fastest 10 minutes in radio. It is week two. It is a football Friday. Let's give you everything you need to know. Started last night, Browns and Bengals and the Brownies coming through. Nick Chubb, 123 yards in the end zone. Odell Beckham Jr. in the end zone. Joe Burrow looking good even in the loss, 316 yards Three touchdowns in that one, but a 35-30 win by the Brownies. So Cleveland's 1-1. One one. Cincinnati falls to 0-2, but uh, looking like a pretty wise investment in Joe Burrow there. We move to Tennessee. Titans hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Going to be 76 degrees and sunny in this one. Titans minus 10.5 with the over-under sitting at 43. Last time... The Titans won 42-20. That was last season. 
They lead this all-time series 30-21. to A.J. Brown is questionable. I think he's actually now listed out of that game. Corey Davis, Taylor Lewan, all injured and questionable for this game. For the Jaguars, Josh Allen, their defensive end is questionable. How about your boy Gardner Minshew last week? 19 of 20, three touchdowns. You know, you're supposed to be tanking for Trevor, right? Josh Allen and Miles Jack helped that defense hold the Colts just 20 points last week. Derrick Henry for the Titans, 116 yards and a win against Denver. Corey Davis had 101 yards receiving. A new defensive end, Jadavion Clowney and Kevin Byard led the defense last week against Denver. We'll see how they do this week. Against Jacksonville, Carolina's at Tampa Bay. See if uh, Tampa Bay can recover here. It'll be 86 degrees. Partly cloudy a kickoff at Raymond James Stadium. Bucks favored minus 7.5 here with the over-under at 48. Last time, October of last year, Panthers won 37-26. For Carolina, Dennis Daly, Quan Short are listed as questionable. Tampa Bay, we're all wondering about Mike Evans, of course, but Chris Godwin is questionable as well for Tampa. Look, Tom Brady, two interceptions last week. Mike Evans played, but had a catch for two yards. Gronk, two catches, 11 yards. So they'll be looking to target them a little bit more this week. For Tampa, Bucks defense gave up way too many points against the Saints at 34, which Tampa Bay and company could not keep up with. I'm intrigued to see Teddy Bridgewater for Carolina, looking to build off a pretty decent start last week, 22-34 for a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, Doing McCaffrey things, just under 100 yards, two touchdowns. Last week, Carolina gave up 30 points against the Raiders last week. Denver, Pittsburgh, Heinz Field. Sunny, 64 degrees of kickoff with Pittsburgh favored minus 6.5. The over-under at 41. Last time these two met up, November of 2018, a Broncos win. And the Broncos lead this all-time series 20-11. to David DeCastro is questionable for Pittsburgh. For Denver, Cortland Sutton, Garrett Bowles. Both listing is questionable in this game. Big Ben, three touchdowns, 229 yards. Looking good against Seth Goldberg's New York football Giants. Benny Snell, 113 yards rushing. Great defensive performance holding the Giants to 16 yards, holding Saquon Barkley to six yards last week. Incredible, 16 points, I should say, not yards. Drew Locke, 22-31. Touchdown last week against the Titans. Melvin Gordon, 78 yards and a touchdown. But Broncos need better clock management. That was the big Achilles heel for them against the Titans last week. Rams, Eagles at the link, 64 degrees, sunny a kickoff with the Eagles. Favored two and a half, the over-under at 48 and a half. These two met last in December of 2018, and Eagles win 30 to 23. LA is pretty healthy. Nobody listed on the injury list of note for Philly. Alshon Jeffrey, Lane Johnson, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, all listed as questionable. Carson Wetz. Didn't play last week in the loss to Washington. Didn't play well, I should say, in that loss to Washington. 24-42 interceptions and a fumble. He's got to bounce back. The Philly defense gave up a 17-0 lead, 24 points and a half. For the Rams, Jared Goff had a quarterback rating of 48 last week. But a sneaky win against the Dallas Cowboys. Robert Wood today, 105 yards receiving. Niners, Jets. San Francisco coming across the country to take on the JETS. San Francisco favored minus 7.5. The over-under is 43.5. These two last met in 2016. For San Francisco, all eyes on George Kittle to see what his status is. The Jets, Le'Veon Bell, Jamison Crowder, Avery Williamson all banged up for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, 259 yards, two touchdowns last week. 
in a loss to the Arizona Cardinals. The Jets, well, yeah. We saw what they did against the Bills last week. Sam Darnold, 21 of 35, a touchdown and a pick. Le'Veon Bell, nowhere to be found in this one. The offensive guru, Adam Gay, see what he comes up with for San Francisco last week. We mentioned their loss to the Bills, who host, or pardon me, travel to the Fish, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, there are some scattered thunderstorms in the folk forecast, but 90 degrees and hot and humid in Miami. Big number here, I think. Bills are favored by five and a half in this one. With the over-under set at 42. For Miami, Devontae Parker, Roberts, Xavion Howard are questionable. Big injuries for Buffalo. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edwards are out of this football game. Their backups are banged up. Plus, Jerry Hughes is questionable. That terrific Bills defense is not coming in healthy into this football game. Josh Allen... Coming off one of his best starts, 33 of 46, 312 yards and two touchdowns. But we got the full Josh Allen experience last week. The fumbles, some questionable decisions throwing the football. It's a roller coaster ride, kids. Strap in. Ryan Fitzpatrick. There will be three things left in this world when there is a nuclear holocaust. Twinkies, cockroaches, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Didn't play well last week against the Pats. 20 of 31, three interceptions. Is it two a time in Miami? I hope not because the Bills' defense will banged up. Vikings-Colts in Lucas Oil Stadium. Indy's favored by three. It's an over-under of 48.5. Marlon Mack, Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle, Justin Houston, all listed as questionable. Minnesota, healthy, ready to go. For the Colts, Marlon Mack tore his Achilles last week. He's on the IR. Huge blow to the run game for the Colts. Phillip Rivers and have to throw the ball maybe a lot more than even you'd think with Phillip Rivers. A lot of passing yards, but came up short in the fourth quarter. Two interceptions against the Jags last week. For the Colts, defense needs a more impactful secondary if they're going to come away with the win. They did not show up a week ago against Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minnesota Good offensive game and a loss to the Packers last week. Kirk Cousins, 19 of 25, 259 yards. Dalvin Cook, 12 carries, just 50 yards. But Adam Thielen was big. Six catches, 110 yards. Two touchdowns. Lions, Packers. Lambeau Field, 68 degrees with the Packers favored, minus 5.5. The over-under at 47.5. We just told you about their win last week against Minnesota. And now we got another NFC Norris Division matchup, as Chris Berman would say. Kenny Galladay, Joe Dahl, Nick Williams, Desmond Tufan, all questionable. Green Bay, their only injury noted here is Kenny Clark is listed as questionable. How about Aaron Rodgers last week? Can we please stop writing off Aaron Rodgers? 364 yards, four touchdowns. Devontae Williams, 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. That defense, though, gave up a lot of points to the Vikings. And we know the Lions can score. Stafford last week, 24-42, 297, one touchdown. DeAndre Swift drops the touchdown in the end zone. Adrian Peterson, maybe we should put him on that list of things that will survive the nuclear holocaust. 93 yards last week, still looking good, but that Lions defense blew a 17-point lead against Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears last week. My word. Falcons, Cowboys at Jerry World. Dallas is favored by six with the over-under at 51. Amari Cooper, Tyron Smith, Alden Smith, all listed as questionable. Julio Jones, Jake Matthews listed as questionable for Atlanta. Last week, Cowboys against the Rams. Good offense, 
Dak Prescott, 25 of 39, 266 yards and a touchdown to Murray Cooper. Looking good. Zeke with 22 carries, 96 yards. Huge blow to the Dallas defense, though. Leighton Van, Van Der Esch. Hurt, broken collarbone. He's on the IR. For Atlanta, lost to the Seahawks last week. Matty Ice threw 54 times, 454 yards, two touchdowns. That's great for your fantasy team, but couldn't get Atlanta over the hump in that win. For the Falcons, defense simply gave up too many points. So how do they clamp down on that against the Cowboys? Giants, Bears, Soldier Field, 69 degrees. Nice. Bears are favored by five and a half. I still think that's a big number for Chicago. 42 and a half is the over-under. These two met last year. Bears won that game 19 to 14. For Chicago, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, all listed as questionable for the Giants. Golden Tate is listed as questionable in this matchup. We mentioned it. The Bears came back down 17 against the Lions last week, but Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are banged up for the Giants. Daniel Jones made a couple of nice throws, 279 yards, two touchdowns with two picks last week. And by golly, Saquon Barkley's got to get more than six yards in a football game. And that defensive line's going to have to step up control the line of scrimmage against your Chicago team that's happy to play in an ugly football game. The Washington football team against Arizona inside in Glendale. Arizona's favored by 6.5 with the over-under at 46.5. Washington all good health-wise. Arizona Mason Cole listed as questionable for the Washington football team. A win! Yes, they won last week against the Eagles. Dwayne Haskins 17-31. 178 yards and a touchdown. Defensive line, stellar. Eight sacks a week ago. Can they get after Kyler Murray, though? 26 of 40. 230 yards and a touchdown with an interception last week. The Andre Hopkins paying off right away. How about 151 yards? 14 catches last week. Chiefs, Chargers, SoFi Stadium, that unbelievable stadium they have in L.A. now. Kansas City's favorite by eight and a half with the over-under sitting at 47 and a half. Only notable injury here is Joey Bosa. He's a little banged up for L.A. He's listed as questionable. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City coming off that Thursday night matchup. Clyde Edwards-Alaire led the NFL in rushing with 138 yards and a touchdown. We'll see what he's got for game two. For the Chargers, the offense only had one touchdown last week in a win against the Bengals. Tyrod Taylor, hey, I remember him, 16 of 30. 208 yards in that game. Defense played well, holding Cincinnati to just 13 points. And what was a pretty ugly game last week. Ravens-Texans inside at NRG Stadium. Baltimore's favorite minus seven. The over-under is 52 and a half. These two met last year. The Ravens blew out the Texans 41-7. Ravens lead this series all-time 9-2. For Baltimore, Ronnie Stanley is listed as questionable. Brandon Cooks, Titus Howard questionable for the Texans. Baltimore coming off that huge win over the Browns. Lamar Jackson picked up right where he left off. 275 yards passing, 45 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Marquise Brown, five catches, 101 yards. For Baltimore, the defense held Cleveland to six points, two field goals. Can they do that, though, to Deshaun Watson, who played great in that loss to Kansas City? Was sacked four times, but that's always the case with Houston. They've got to do a better job protecting him. I'm curious about David Johnson. Can he keep this up? Will Fuller had 112 yards receiving a week ago. Texans defense, though, could not tackle 
That's an issue when Lamar Jackson's on the other side of the field. And the Sunday night football matchup. The Patriots, the Seahawks. Didn't they just play in a Super Bowl recently? At the link, what is that going to be like without one of the best home field advantages in the National Football League? Seattle's favored three and a half. The over-under is 45 and a half. For the Seahawks, Philip Dorsett, Dwayne Brown, they're questionable. Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, two receivers questionable. For Cam Newton and the Patriots, Russell Wilson was just phenomenal last week. 32 of 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns. DK Metcalf, huge draft pick for them, four catches, 95 yards. Seattle, Jamal Adams, remember him, Jets fans? Eight tackles and a sack last week. Cam Newton, gotta say, good in his debut for the Patriots last week against the Fish. 15 of 19, 155 yards passing, 75 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. Can he keep running that much, though? Something to keep an eye on here. He now has more rushing touchdowns than any other NFL quarterback in history. Julian Edelman, five catches, 57 yards last week. We mentioned he's banged up. Adrian Phillips, big for the Patriots defense a week ago. Eight tackles and a pick. That is the NFL Blitz. We will break. We will come back. We will go on the blind side. You stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.